0: This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. But let's begin today with some news concerning Calgary Pride, which is coming up in September. Now, this has been an issue in other cities, certainly in Toronto, most notably. But it seems as though it had been dealt with here. I mean, the story a year ago was that Calgary Pride was going to allow... Members of the Calgary Police Service to participate in the parade, uh, in the parade rather, and to do so in uniform. Uh, but this year, that's going to change. The announcement today from Calgary Pride is that participating staff and officers of the Calgary Police Service and other law enforcement agencies will participate without uniforms. So, what's changed? Why the decision? Joining us on the line is uh, Jason Kingsley, his president and executive producer of Calgary Pride. Jason, thanks for joining us here.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Okay, so the decision was made a year ago regarding uniforms. Different decision this year. Why?
1: So the discussion actually began a year ago with uh, CPS as well as some of the local community organizations that represent queer people of colour and Indigenous voices. And when this conversation took place in the timeline with what happened in Toronto, it was too close to our event in order to effectively have community consultation and collaboration with these different stakeholders. So those conversations have actually continued over the year, um, and we've had collaborative conversations with Chief Chafin as well as Deputy Chief Parhar, and we actually invited members of these marginalized groups to the table so that they could have a voice and that they could participate in those conversations. The conversation was extremely positive on both sides, and uh, CPS was supportive in, in our decision um, to, to request that they participate without uniforms um, going forward uh, this year, and, and they said, you know, if, if that was something that our community wanted to see, that they would respect and honour that request.
0: Okay, well, explain this to me, because as I understand it, these uh, these these other groups uh, voices uh, is is the primary one. They wanted Calgary police service members to to be excluded altogether. And that's something that the pride doesn't believe should happen. So doesn't it come down to either they're welcome or they're not? What does what they're wearing have to do with anything?
1: Absolutely. So when we talk about participation, we talk about demonstrating meaningful allyship. So Calgary Pride came out of the liberation movement and Stonewall riots, and it was an uprising against gay oppression. So in and of itself, the Pride movement, having uniforms and weapons represented, kind of goes against the historical roots of the event in and of itself if you add in the intersectionality that we're starting to see with queer people of color and indigenous voices and kind of that ongoing institutional racism and oppression that they face in addition to the discrimination that they may face for being a member of the gender uh diverse and sexually diverse community those issues are are kind of compounded so it's really about demonstrating that meaningful allyship and so to show up without the uniform and without that weapon really kind of speaks to that historical component. There will be a uniform presence at our event as um, officers will be there in in full gear to provide the security and the safety and the crowd control aspects of the event. So there will be a uniform presence, but it's strictly that symbolic participatory aspect where they're being asked to participate and demonstrate that allyship and show up in a way that's, that's going to be meaningful and respectful to the wishes of those most marginalized voices in our community.
0: Community. Well, but I mean, if they're not identifiable as police officers, then then what's the point of participating? Or how will they be identified as police officers?
1: Well, and they can identify themselves through something like a T-shirt. And uh, for a lot of people of colour, and I can't speak on behalf of people of colour, as I'm a privileged white male, of course, and and I would encourage anybody to reach out to groups like Voices if they want to hear those personal stories. Um, But I've been at conferences where individuals, people of colour, have have come to Canada as refugees or have had um, situations in their life where uh, oppression by police is, is the norm. So if you look at a lot of the Caribbean countries, it is still illegal to be gay. So women um, are being raped, and there's something called correctional rape, where women are being raped to try and turn them straight. And if they go to police, the police laugh at them, ask them what they do to deserve it. And if they tell them it's because they're a lesbian um, or they're gay, they face further sexual harassment, sexual assault, physical assault, so on and so forth. So for, for individuals like that, the police are actually the perpetrators. So when they come to a country like Canada or when individuals have had these traumatic experiences and they come to Canada and they're walking down the street or they're participating in an event like Pride, which is supposed to be for them, for the community, and they see uniformed officers with guns, it can actually be a triggering and traumatic experience for them. So similar to, um, you know, PTSD for, for individuals in the military, right, it, it can trigger that traumatic experience and they can relive that. So we want to make sure that our event is going to be inclusive for everyone, including those most marginalized voices. So police are, are welcome to participate. And if they want to wear a T-shirt that says police, that's that's welcome. But not having that institutional representation also creates that space for those most marginalized voices who have been affected by oppression to also participate and feel safe.
0: Okay, but as you say, I mean, police service members are going to be there providing security. They are going to be visible at the event.
1: Yes, absolutely, and okay, that's something. So, why that would we that be? To, why for, would that be any
0: less triggering?
1: It's more of the symbolic representation. Um, They understand that there is going to be police there in a security capacity, but there's difference between having police on the side streets providing that security capacity than having um, kind of an authoritative uh, entry of 100 uniforms marching down the street. It's a different kind of visual symbolic gesture.
0: Well, it is, but I mean, that's been the whole point of participation in the parade. I mean, it's one thing where police officers are providing security, That's just their job. That's what they're there to do. But actually participating in the parade, it sends a real message, a real positive message.
1: Absolutely. And what a leadership opportunity for police to send a positive message by saying we're going to participate in a way that's meaningful to your community, in a way that your community is requesting us to participate.
0: Right. But this isn't an issue related to the LGBT community.
1: Absolutely it is. And that's where we get into the conversation of intersectionality. So people that are queer, trans, bi, they also identify or they also are people of color, indigenous voices. So we get into conversations like two-spirited individuals which are indigenous and identify as part of our community. So they can't separate the two. So what we're seeing is we're seeing programs and services um, for the queer community and we're seeing programs and services for say the Afro-Caribbean community. But if you're part of the Afro-Caribbean community and part of the queer community, you may not fit into either category because you may be facing challenges in the queer community for being a person of color and you may be facing challenges in the Afro-Caribbean community for being a queer person. So. There's this intersectionality component that's coming out now where these people are being further marginalized because of this intersectionality. And we need to make sure that as a community we're standing together and we're helping to start provide safe space for them to have that voice and starting to, to evaluate how we can better support these groups.
0: But aren't these same communities also reflected in the rank and file of the Calgary Police Service?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And in our press release, we do acknowledge that there are intricacies in policing and especially the intricacies of if you're a member of the gender and sexually diverse community and a member of law enforcement. And I've had conversations with openly gay police officers that are also people of colour and the struggles that they have gone through um, in coming out in the force and and what that struggle has been like. And and we wanted to acknowledge that and we do in our press release and in conversations with CPS, um, we've encouraged them to find ways internally in order to recognize those groups of individuals uh, and to kind of acknowledge the struggles that they that they have gone through and that's something internally that i think cps needs to needs to be addressing and, and i mean it, it's in the in the news that cps is going through some changes and, and looking to make some positive changes in terms of um you know their internal culture
0: so is this now the policy going forward is this going to be reviewed on an annual basis how is this going to be handled in the years to come
1: Um, This is a conversation this year. We haven't made any decisions for future years. In the press release, we do state that we are looking at conducting diversity training or being engaged in the conversation around diversity training with the senior leadership team of uh, CPS, so Chief Shafin, Deputy Chief Parhar, and the rest of the executive leadership team, which the chief um, has agreed to, because any sort of cultural shift internally within an organization always, of course, has to start from the top down. And so... You know, through these conversations and this ongoing dialogue we 're going to reevaluate um, what that participation is going to look like for our community going forward. But by removing that uniform it 's removing that barrier for those marginalized voices to to come to the table and feel comfortable in, in, in being part of those conversations going forward.
0: Uh, okay, I want to ask you something else, Jason. Just uh, yesterday, the leader of the United Conservative Party, Nathan Cooper, had indicated a willingness to to participate in Pride and had said that uh, I hope they'll they'll have me. I hope uh, we'll be welcomed at Pride this September. So, uh, will they be? Have they reached out to you? There been any conversations uh, with with him?
1: Um, So we haven't received any uh, applications from the PC Wild Roads or the new UPC party as of yet, and our deadline to apply is July 28th. We do have a political entry um, application process where they have to apply, and then they actually have to submit um, a one-page document to us uh, demonstrating or outlining what they've done specifically to support the community within the last 12 months. And this is something that came out of consultation with our community a couple years ago um, and something we received tons of praise and positive feedback from across Canada in terms of ensuring that our parade is not being used as strictly um, a marketing opportunity and is not um, being used as as an opportunity to kind of further their agenda or gain votes and that again they're really there to demonstrate that allyship component and they're participating for the right reasons. So we understand that, of course, there, there is a, a new party coming in and that Nathan Cooper um, has a, a history that's been kind of brought forward in the news media in the last couple of days and that he says that, of course, th- uh, that his views have changed over the last couple of years. And so we're open, again, to having that dialogue and that discussion with them. However, I think it, it's too early to see um, whether any change has actually happened, and, and we look forward to seeing um, them demonstrate that allyship through their, their policies and platforms going forward.
0: Okay, so it's, it's not a no at this point, but not necessarily a yes either.
1: Yeah, it's not a no and it's not a yes. And that's with any politician. You know, the, the NDP and the liberals and everybody else has to go through the same process. It's an equitable process where everybody every year has to submit to us um, what they've done to support community within the last 12 months. And that's just a way of us um, being able to, to demonstrate that to our community because, of course, we're held accountable um, to our community
0: all right. Well, the parade itself is uh, Sunday, September third. Uh, more on everything else around Pride at uh, CalgaryPride.ca. Jason, thanks for joining us here. Appreciate it.
1: Thanks very much for having me. Have a All great right, day. You
0: too. That's Jason Kingsley, president and executive producer of Calgary Pride. CalgaryPride.ca. Uh yeah. I'm. I, I'm going to be on. I mean, I'm. I'm disappointed with this decision. Uh, because I said it around the time of Toronto Pride, which was just recently. That how unfortunate that they've made that decision to exclude the Toronto Police Service, that it's become politicized. They need to take a page from, from Calgary where it hasn't been an issue. Well, I guess it is now. Does it seem like they're trying to have both ways here? Say, you know, we don't really want a visible presence from the Calgary Police Service, but yet at the same time we do. We welcome their presence, both in terms of providing security and in the parade. So we do want them, but we don't. You wear a t shirt that says you're a police officer. You can't wear a uniform that says you're a police officer. Um, yeah, look, I mean, uh, it's, their it's their parade. It's their parade. It's their event. Uh, they're free to decide however they want to decide. I just, uh, I'm struggling to understand this, to be honest. 403 974 8255. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.